0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners, to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. Hope you guys are doing well since the last time we talked to you this morning, where we got into our instant rapid reactions to Tom Brady retiring from the NFL and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers we are now going to talk a little bit further about that and what's next for the Bucs at the quarterback situation with only one quarterback under contract I'm your host Matt Matera joined with me is the face that runs the place at PudoReport.com,
1: Scott Reynolds Scott anything new with you yeah, uh, sunburn not as bad today. Um, I got it. We're gonna still have, bad. We're gonna have some wicked tans though, Matt. That's that's the important thing. Uh, Tom Brady retired. That's the big news. We're here live at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama, where the the uh, the practices just concluded uh, for for day two. But the news broke this morning as we were doing the interviews with the North, the national and American teams about Tom Brady retiring, and uh, you know certainly not much of a surprise. It was either going to be, he's coming back to one or the other, or he's going to retire. And, uh, we're not going to rehash the podcast we did earlier. You can find that on our YouTube channel. That's Peter report TV on YouTube, where we have over 10,100 subscribers and we want you to be the next one. Make sure that you go to Peter report TV on our YouTube channel and hit subscribe and, and hit like on all of our podcasts and videos. We greatly appreciate it. It helps the algorithm, but, uh, So Tom Brady is not going to be your quarterback anymore. Three fantastic years in Tampa Bay. Uh, Broke some records, helped this team to a Super Bowl, and then back-to-back NFC South division titles. So what's next, Matt? This team only has one quarterback on the roster and it's Kyle Trask right now under contract. That's right. To be honest, I don't envy
0: Jason Light or John Spike Tech or Mike Greenberg. Uh, they have a lot of work to do, not just with finding prospects at the senior ball for the NFL draft, but figuring out what they're going to do at quarterback. Like you said, Kyle Trask is the only quarterback. That is on the roster at the moment. So do you decide to go with him in a weak division where maybe you can get away with it? Do you even trust Kyle Trask? Or do you look at every option on the board, most notably Aaron Rodgers, who you just saw, and Derek Carr as well, the top two veteran options? Uh, There's a couple, couple other lesser options, I guess I would say, not to be disrespectful to these guys, but Baker Mayfield- um, is one of them. Sam Darnold, we talked about. Daniel Jones is in the mix too. So there are a lot of options. It's just a matter of
1: which is the most feasible outcome for the Buccaneers this offseason. Yeah, really, this team can go one of, of a lot of different directions, Matt. Uh, they, they can go with Kyle Trask and, and and do the the rebuild, and either it works, yeah, and and he is your quarterback uh of the of the present and the future, or um, it's going to fail miserably.
0: <laughs> yeah, and you—you
1: you <laughs> are kind of thinking it's going to be the latter that is going
0: to fail miserably. You have a story on pewterreport.com Would recommend everybody to go check that out. But you don't think Kyle Trask is the answer? So, without giving away the
1: article, <laughs> yeah, I just dropped—I just dropped the article in uh, in the article comments. There, you can check it out. Uh, hey, Bucks, it, it is not Trask time, and I kind of lay out. The uh, the reasoning there, and of course we do have some some Trask fans in here, and we certainly understand that and appreciate that. Uh, we did have Kyle Trask in our our mock draft, yeah, a couple years ago. Uh, but certainly, just because he's in our mock draft doesn't mean we're beholden to him or, or going to carry the water for him. He's got to go out there and prove it. And, and Matt, we've talked about Trask before, not winning the backup job this year. What I don't want to see this team do is is go out and automatically, just because of his draft status, go out there and say, hey, Kyle, you're automatically the number two now. We just need to find a starter, and then you can challenge for that starting job eventually either in this season or whatever. And the reason I say that goes back to something that Clyde Christensen said on Buccaneers.com, and, uh, and I'll read it to you briefly. It's inside the story. Uh, I encourage you all to read it, but this is the quote, Matt. Here's how I would describe him. This is Clyde Christensen talking about Kyle Trask. And this is a quote from this year. So Mm -hmm. this is year two of Trask. This is how I would describe him. A really deliberate learner. He takes it nice and slow. He tries to get the details of the thing. And then once he gets it, he gets it. He's not one of those guys who looks at it once and he's got it. He's going to mull it over. He's going to call most nights with some questions. Hey, what do you do? What do you think on this? What do you think on that? He watches a ton of film that rookie minicamp a couple times I left here. And by the time I left the building, the light was still on in the quarterback room. He was in there kind of just going over his notes. So it means a ton to him. And I think he'll be a guy who will get it slow and steady, but then get it the right way and have it in order. I think he'll be really deliberate in how he processes all the information. Matt, the only problem I have with that is it's he spent two years in this offense. He didn't get it down enough to beat out Blaine Gabbert mm-hmm. for the number two job this year. Now he's going to be in an entirely new offense with a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterbacks coach. And if you have his quarterbacks coach from last year, Kyle Trask saying, hey, you're a slow learner. Well, he only has two more years under his contract. So when can we expect Kyle Trask to master this new system, to be ready to, to be an eventual starting quarterback. Right. When is the other shoe going
0: to drop? And we've seen in his career, like through high school and college, he has taken a lot of time. But in the NFL, we are a results-driven league and and, and media people as well and fans watching, they want results right away and positive results, of course. And that's what Kyle Trask hasn't given them, whether it's been in training camp when he had all that time when Tom Brady Um, was away from the team in the preseason in games where he was given a lot of time, and then even in the regular season this year. Now, I am not saying that Kyle Trask should be the starting quarterback for the Buccaneers this season or next season. But if I were going to make the case for Kyle Trask, for the Trask defenders out there, uh, I will give you that answer in just a moment. But first, I want to remind everybody that the Peter Report podcast is energized by Celsius Check out their new flavors, the Fantasy Five and the Sparkling Lemon Lime. I'm actually rocking that right now. Had this morning, too. Uh, seven essential vitamins. It's fantastic. So uh, go to your local bodega and, bodega. See bodega and see how much you love it as well. So back to Kyle Trask. The one thing Trask, I guess you can say, is, um, you know, going back to his last year of Florida, He had a wealth of talent around him, whether it was Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Toney, they had weapons around him. Kyle Trask, outside of the brief time in training camp, and let's remember, he was still sharing reps with Blaine Gabbard, so Gabbard got to go first and would work with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, et cetera, et cetera. Trask never really got the opportunity to work with number one offensive line, and I understand the the Bucs offensive line was not up to snuff. It was not as good as it was the two years prior, but he didn't really get to, you know, close down that chemistry with Mike Evans and, and Godwin and even someone like Kate Otten this year because Kate Otten was getting the reps with the starters. So if you were going to make a case for Kyle Trask, and again, I'm not saying that he should be the starter. I would say, well, he had success with great talent in his last year at Florida. At least give him the opportunity to play with the top guys on the box offense that will be there. Next season and see what he can do with that. Now, the other issue, of course, is because Brady isn't returning. There are a couple quote-unquote Tom Brady guys in the building, one of them being Leonard Fournette. And Fournette, and we can talk about this a lot more over the next couple of months. That's another weapon that you might be taking away from the Bucks offense given the salary cap situation. (laughs) that they are in. So obviously a lot to figure out for the box this off season.
1: Yeah. I think when you look at, at Tom Brady's departure, what it does is, is it, it it can really chart a course for this franchise in a lot of different directions. And one of those directions could be, as you mentioned, uh, making some of these needed salary cap cuts, the, the cam rate, the, uh, the Leonard Fournette. I think those are givens. Yeah. But does this team say, we're going to bail on, on Donovan Smith and save almost ten million dollars in cap space. If that's the case, now you're you're also putting in you know a, a new offensive lineman, and that's that's going to be a little tough to you know to kind of uh, uh, have have a young quarterback like Kyle Trask or a new quarterback in general mm-hmm. with an offensive line, and, and maybe there is an upgrade, right? Maybe Donovan Smith um, you know won't be missed, and, and whoever they get to replace me, either in the draft or free agency. It can be better, but what I do know is is if you're getting rid of Donovan Smith, you're creating a hole, and yeah. and that's not necessarily meaning it's going to be better. So whether it's Trask or another quarterback, protection might be an issue, right? So th- there's a lot to cover when it comes to to this, and, and certainly with, with Tom Brady, I, I think his, his age just kind of caught up to him a little bit. He's yeah. 45. I think that was a stated goal of his. He wanted to play till he was 45. He can still play quarterback in this league. There's no doubt about it. Um, he's got the TB12 method. Um, I'm not on the TB12 method, Matt, but what I am on for sure is is age rejuvenation.
2: As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women.
1: I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy.
2: I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt.
1: I came to age rejuvenation because I was tired all the time.
2: Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now.
1: I've got my, all my energy back.
3: Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with age rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call age rejuvenation today.
1: Age rejuvenation. That's John Gilmore, former Bucks tight end. Um, he's not going to be replacing cam I mean, John's 43, no, not, but, not at this moment, but you know what? He looks like he's 33. And the reason for that is, is age rejuvenation. Uh, like myself, John has low testosterone and that's normal for a lot of guys in their forties, fifties, sixties, and seventies. It's just nature. It, it comes with age. You lose some testosterone. And I got my testosterone checked out with age rejuvenation my, with my first consult there. Insurance paid for all the, the blood panels, and they did all the, the blood work. It was a very thorough uh, blood panel exam. Uh, I've got a thyroid condition. They even adjusted my thyroid medication there. It's it's fantastic uh, medical coverage at age rejuvenation. I got on the testosterone therapy. I feel like I'm 40 years old rather than I'm 50, and, uh, and, and I can't recommend that enough. Go to agerejuvenation.com. They're giving... Their, uh their new customers that, that mentioned Peter Report, $500 off their first initial treatment of testosterone therapy. They also have some great weight loss specials here early in 2023. AgeRejuvenation.com with five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. We're going to bring in Josh Capo now to talk a little bit more about Tom Brady and some of the cap uh information how that's going to affect the Buccaneers he mentioned that in the the podcast previously today but he's going to go over that again plus looking at a couple of the players that Matt mentioned maybe trading for Aaron Rodgers maybe trading for Derek Carr what that would look like for the Buccaneers here's Josh
0: yeah it's all about whether or not it's feasible and again this is a big question that Jason Light and and Mike Greenberg are, are, are going to have to answer and uh, Josh, why don't we start, uh, you can just recap again what you said this morning in terms of um, the salary cap, the implications, as your story on PeterReport.com went into, um, how this affects the Bucks for this season and uh, next season moving forward.
3: Absolutely. So um, Tom Brady's retirement means that the Bucks now have to account for the $35.1 million um, that they've already paid him that they have not yet accounted for on the salary cap. Now there's two ways that this can happen. The most likely scenario is the Bucks will uh, assign Brady to a placeholder contract, a one year minimum league, minimum uh, league, minimum deal for a $1.165 million. It's unguaranteed. And that will place hold from the time the new league year starts on March 15th at 4 PM until June 1st. Uh, what that does is, is it'll allow them to carry Brady on the roster uh, at a cap hit of about $11.9 million. And then on June 2nd, they'll process his retirement and the $1.165 million will drop off and they'll just be charged with a $10.776 million dead cap charge for 2023. The rest of that $35.1 million will then go as a dead cap charge in 2024. The Bucks will want to do this because they're up against the cap here for 2023. They're going to have to do a lot of moves just to become cap compliant, um, but by the new league year on March 15th, and this is one move that's going to help them clear up about $24 million this year. They'll push it on to 2024 where they're much in a much better cap position, plus the cap will most likely go up that year. Um, so that will allow them to kind of clear Brady. He does have to agree to the deal, but For all intents and purposes, he has a great working relationship with the Bucs. By doing this, it doesn't hurt him as long as he is fully committed to his retirement. um, And he's going to help the team that helped him win his final Super Bowl. And
0: let's remember, he's getting that big deal from Fox. If he he still wants to pursue his broadcasting career, part of me, I don't know why, he's got so many ventures in, in so many different areas that I think maybe he's actually going to take his time with the Fox deal, not immediately jump into the booth. But that's a conversation for another day. Uh, what Bucks fans want to know, of course, is let's remember, Josh, and thanks for breaking all of that down. Let's remember the Bucks are still in a division that is very, very winnable. If you can find a quarterback that is serviceable and manageable, and I'm not saying that that is Aaron Rodgers. He's better than just a manageable quarterback. You know, we're talking about he won – two MVPs in a row uh, the last two seasons before this one. And Derek Carr is is another big option that obviously Bucs fans have talked about. We talked about him last season when we all thought Tom Brady was retiring and when he literally was retired. Um, And now he's an option again. So is Aaron Rodgers one more time. Is there any way in any world that, you know, these top two guys, you can mention anyone else to – that the Bucs can make this work and get either Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr in Red and Pewter next season.
3: So I think the two words that we need to consider on this are possible and realistic. Yes. Both are possible, okay? Um, neither, in my opinion, is realistic. So if the Bucs wanted to trade for Rodgers, his cap hit for the Bucs acquiring him would actually be very reasonable. I want to say it's something around like 15 or $16 million to them, here in 2023 what they would have to do is immediately when they they uh, trade for him is they would have to exercise a team option that takes his almost 60 million dollar guaranteed salary for 2023 turns it into an option bonus and allows them to prorate it over uh four years two that he would actually be under contract and two placeholder years that drops that 60 million to somewhere around 14. um, And and I'm uh, estimating here, um, but around $14 million plus about a $2 million um, uh, salary. So overall, he'd cost the Bucks only about $16 million in cap charges. But what it does is it pushes money again down the line. And most likely what would happen is in 2025, the Bucks would be on the hook for about a $60 million dead cap charge for Rodgers. That's yeah. huge. So everybody's up in arms about the thirty-five million that the Bucks are on the hook for with uh, with Brady this year. If you don't like thirty-five, I don't see how you can stomach sixty million. And that's not to um, even mention the draft capital that the Bucks would have to give up for uh, for Rogers as well, which is going to start at probably two first rounders and go up from there. Hmm. Um, with Carr, it's a much more palatable contract, and it won't cost nearly as much in, in draft capital. Probably a third rounder this year and a third rounder next year is my estimation in terms of the draft capital. The thing with his contract is there are a few more hurdles just to get him on the roster. Um, Carr would cost the bucks immediately. They would have to have 39 million dollars worth of room to bring him on. Um, and then from there, they could adjust his salary and restructure his contract and bring him way down. But the problem is they have to have that money immediately available because at no time can you not be cap compliant. And his salary as it's structured currently, I want to say is about 30, it's 39 or 32 million I mm-hmm. have to double check real quick. Um, so they'd have to be able to clear that before they can do the restructure. You can't do it in the other direction or else the Raiders would be taking on that restructure and they're not going to do that. Um, so neither contract is totally prohibitive where you would say they absolutely can't do it. There's just no way. But realistically, I don't see either one happening.
0: So you're would a obviously a more reasonable option would be someone like Baker Mayfield, who obviously got cut from a couple of other, other teams, would be more likely to be available this year. If you're putting on your GM cap, and obviously there's more time to think about it, but would you explore uh, an idea like bringing Baker Mayfield in, or obviously if Daniel Jones is available? The problem is Daniel Jones; it doesn't feel like that he. Is even going to get on the market before, like the Giants have their say. But you know, there's Sam Darnold as well. There's a couple other lower tier options that I know Bucs fans won't be happy about. But it feels like that might be the route that they go.
3: Yeah, I just I don't see a Brady on the free agent market this year, um, like he was in 2020. That was kind of uh, serendipity that that lined up for the Bucks there. There's just really not that option this year um, for the contract that Daniel Jones is probably going to get, even if he makes it to market. For me, I probably wouldn't pay that. I'm not saying Baker is the guy I would necessarily go after, but I would probably take Kyle Trask and a veteran to compete with him for 2023. Um, It would mean that you don't have to necessarily restructure every contract um, in order to make a competitive team and allows the Bucs to kind of reload for 2024 and beyond with a still very solid core of players that would um, allow them to, to set up for another winning window rather quickly.
0: Yeah. And it's tough to sell some of the other guys. I know I keep saying Mike Evans and Chris Connelly, but they're the first two that come to mind. And, you know, even someone like Devin White, who you're going to have to pay next season, it's tough to sell these guys that have seen so much winning, or at least in recent years, to be like, all right, we're just going to go with a cheap option and whatever happens happens this year and we'll kind of rebuild for 2024. It's very difficult to do that and that's why there's all this these big questions about Kyle Trask. We do have a 999 super chat from Mike WP69. So thank you Mike for the super chat. He says, "I find it hard to believe that Trask is going to go from not even dressing most games to the full-time starting QB. The Bucks starting QB is not currently on the roster well at least we do know there's going to be some type of competition this year in training camp unless they get aaron Rodgers or or car and it's like okay he is going to be the guy but yeah i think that's a really great point by mike i mean he's not even dressing on game days like how how do you expect this guy to all of a sudden be the starter i know uh on this trip in mobile scott was telling us about how there used to be the, the nfl europe league and they would bring in a prospect and have that prospect play in Europe before they came to the NFL team. Kyle Trask is like the ideal guy for that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's great to see you know a lot of leagues popping up where that may happen down the line, where guys who haven't had opportunities get an opportunity to get some reps in. Um, but I agree with with the comments or there and with Mike that I don't think that the starting quarterback for the Bucs in 2023 is currently on the roster.
0: Yeah, most likely not. Uh, We shall see. Josh, thank you very much for your salary cap breakdown. I always feel smarter after I talk to you, and I'm not saying I'm Einstein just yet, but uh, I think my IQ got a little bit higher. I think I would have scored pretty well if I did the Wunderlich today. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right, we're going to get into some Senior Bowl discussion now. We're going to bring on Adam Sly Slavon, but first let's talk a little bit about my bookie. Maybe you want to bet on who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Bucks next season, make sure you go and do it over at MyBookie. It's a new year, new you, so give yourself a fresh start with MyBookie. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, MyBookie gives you the most for your money with their redesigned deposit bonus. Just use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R, on a deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once when you're ready to cash out. It's no strings attached with MyBookie. Bet on the NFL, the Super Bowl's coming up, the UFC, or play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with myBookie. AG. Also, use the promo code pewter get a $1,000 on your first deposit bonus. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So once again, use that promo code pewter and start getting that cool G in your uh, deposit at my bookie. All right, Adam, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. It's uh, been a whirlwind of a day, to say the least, yeah. with uh, all the Tom Brady news, but then also going to the Senior Bowl. Very exciting practices today. Um, the American team went second. That means the national team went first. And I, I think and we talked about this a little bit on yesterday's show that, you know, there's certain guys that they might break out right away and then kind of coast for the rest of the week. And other guys stay, stay balling, as they say, and keeps it moving. And there's other guys that kind of show up as the week goes on. Let's start with uh, the national team since we watched them first. Um, who were some of the guys, and you got to speak to some players as well, both before practice and after practice. Um, what stood out to you today when uh, we were watching practice?
2: Yeah, uh, Kyle Blue Kelly, the cornerback from Stanford. He's a guy that really stood out to me today throughout uh, mm-hmm. the Senior Bowl. He was nearly every, everywhere. Uh, the first day, he dropped a couple interceptions, but today he made a couple. In one play, he ripped the ball right from a receiver's hand, ran what would have been a pick six down the field. Really sticky in coverage. He was able to switch off from receivers, uh, playing like zone coverage, covering the tight ends, being really versatile, and just being all over. And talking with him beforehand this morning, he mentioned that obviously with his dad, Brian Kelly, being a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, he's watched Tampa for a long time. And he also mentioned that Tampa was the second team of all the teams that he's talked to so far. So there's a real big Bucs connection there, and he's looking the part as arguably the top cornerback out there.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> The interception was great. It was a pick six, as you said, ripped it from the receiver's hands. He may have had an even more impressive play like two plays before where he wasn't even on the field. He was on the sidelines because they, you know, they shift guys in and out. Uh, depending on the ref, he was on the sideline. If you go to our Twitter at Pewter Report, we have the video on there. The quarterback gets flushed from the pocket. He's, he just throws it away and it was out of bounds and he's just standing there. Like he's got his helmet in his hand, just standing there, puts his right hand up and just snares this ball. It was uh, absolutely a, a great play. And then he made the big play in, in the game or in the practice itself. And that was awesome to see, as you said, drop some interceptions the first day of practice but it didn't didn't let it bother him he just came out and did his thing in the uh second day of practice and really was one of the best corners out there on, on both sides so that was a really promising sign for him and very exciting to watch
2: um who else caught your eye uh Keanu Benton uh the defensive tackle from Wisconsin he stood out to me uh one guy for the Bucks. Uh, Bucks hall of famer, Warren Sapp. He was the QB out there. Killer. Yeah. Oh, the QB killer. He was out there. He was watching all the defensive linemen and, and one rep uh, we posted a video to the Peter report, Twitter. He was on, he was looking on as Keanu Benton was going through his drills, talking with him. He's a run stuffer, kind of similar to Akeem Hicks and what he can bring along a defensive line. And also developing more as a pass rusher. He mentioned that he he wants to expand his toolbox, and yeah. get more crafty with his technique and, Yeah,
0: not to cut you off, but he was fantastic because I was watching a lot of the offensive line and defensive line drills today, specifically in that first practice, and he had a move where it was a quick swim move. He was in the backfield within two seconds, so it's good to see the things that he told you that he wants to focus on uh, he was accomplishing in that practice. And we've seen players in the past. Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State last season had such a good week of practice that he didn't even practice the last day because he's like, you know what? I'm good. I did my job. I dominated. And he ended up getting picked in the first round by the New York Jets. I'm not saying that uh, Bendon's at that point just yet, but he is on the right path. Uh, a couple other defensive linemen that also did really well for the national team. Uh Yaya Diaby out of Louisville. Awesome name to say. Very fun to say. But he did a great job as well. Had some good pass rushing moves. A pretty good, from what i was watching yesterday and today uh, stopping the run as well and i think that's important because some guys only specialize in stopping or getting into the quarterback and can't defend the run other guys are big run stuffers but don't really have uh, a passing move pass rushing move so um i always like to see guys that can kind of excel in both areas and then double a from northwestern again had a great name but double (laughs) a Double-A, crushing it again out of Northwestern. So, uh, again, consistency is one thing that I look for, and he passed the test um, over the first two days. I'm excited to watch him again
2: tomorrow. And on the offensive side of the ball, uh, wide receiver Jaden Reed, another great day, and he definitely is a guy to watch, at least on that uh, for that team. He made a lot of tough contested catches, and for his size, he really uses it well, only being 5'10", being able to create separation. He did well in the first day, and he also had a solid showing out there today as well.
0: Uh, some of the guys I was watching on the offensive line, Ryan Hayes out of Michigan, offensive tackle, I thought was great, was absolutely great. He went up against uh, Isaiah Foskey at uh, Notre Dame, who, again, is kind of like the big-name pass rusher that everybody's been talking about. He had a rep against him where he just slammed him to the ground like it was no issue. He had a couple of other reps going one-on-one. Um, where the pass rusher didn't even like budge, you know, as soon as he hit that wall, he was done. So, really like what I saw from Ryan Hayes, um, out there, a seam Richards out of North Carolina, UNC, not as great of a day as, um, as Hayes had, but I would say he was he was pretty stout in the job that he was doing. Um, I saw him winning a couple of battles, look good while he was on the offensive line and team drills as well. So, Uh, I thought he was someone that probably stood out a little bit more than some of the other offensive linemen. And then uh, your guy, small school guy. That's, of course, who the Bucs absolutely love in these drafts. If you go back to Allie Marpet and Alex Kappa, uh, Cody Mauk Going up against Andre Carter, again, slams him to the ground, pancake block. Um, He's aggressive. He's in your face. A little bit of like a Ryan Jensen light a little bit, but not – there's a guy, Trevor Penning, last year. He got drafted by the Saints. So Bucs fans won't like him. He was like almost too aggressive, just like trying to start a fight every single time. He's got the calculated type of aggressiveness that you want from an offensive lineman. And he continues to win all of his reps, whether it's team reps, whether it's individual. So he's a really exciting player to watch.
2: I'm coming from a northern, kind of Midwest school, uh long red hair, kind of like Co Keeft in a way. Yeah. And a fun, fun-loving guy, great personality. There's a video of him on YouTube doing all sorts of fun first down signals, easy guy to root for. And he's also had a really solid showing.
0: Yeah. Maybe he'll meet Marco Robbie. That'd be pretty cool. Maybe Um, going to the American team. Um, and we were going to bring
2: on Bailey Adams as well. Uh, very soon. Just a couple of players that stood out for you on that side. Yeah. Uh, on that side of the ball, there's a lot more guys that I found really interesting. Uh, one guy going back to the cornerback, Julius Brents uh, out of Kansas state sick, a six, three cornerback. Talked to him this morning about Mm -hmm. some of the guys that he's watched uh, growing up coming into the league. And I asked him about Richard Sherman, both uh, Sherman and Brent's six foot three, kind of in the 200, 205 pound mold. And he mentioned that in his prime, he was one of the best and somebody that he's looking to model his game after, kind of being a physical. A physical corner, but one thing that he wants to improve upon is not being as handsy on the next level. He's been called for some penalties throughout the Senior Bowl, but he's also shown the ability to cover guys and not allow them to get by at all.
0: Yeah, that's obviously
2: um, important stuff that you need to do here. Uh, you spoke to D. Winters too, right? Yeah. So speaking to D. Winters, he mentioned another D. W. that has some that's on the box right now, and Devin White as one of the guys that he's tried to model his game after. And one strength that D. Winters has that he mentioned was his speed. And so it's easy to see why he likes Devin White as he's one of the most athletic linebackers in all of football. And talking with him, he wants to be like a versatile guy. He's small at only 5'11", but he made some solid plays out there today. He cut a route, got an interception. Then he also forced a fumble, I think just a play or two later.
0: Yeah, he absolutely balled out today. You could see the the confidence in him, you know, because he, he did make the big play with the interception and then instantly came back, forced that fumble, and he put his hand up like, that was me. Yeah. That was me. I was the guy that that made the big play there. So um, good good sign for him, and uh, nice that you got to talk to him as well. And, you know, when we got home from the, the Senior Bowl practice, We walked in and uh, Josh Capo, who was just on the show, was asking about uh, were there any players that were great in day one and then didn't exactly bring it in day two? And uh, there were a couple of guys that unfortunately answered that question from um, either team. Do you recall who we were talking about? I know there's a BYU wide receiver specifically. Yeah, yeah, Puka
2: Nakua. On the first day, he was catching everything. And today didn't even really see him out there at all. And he didn't uh when Jaron Hall, his BYU teammate, was throwing the ball, he wasn't anywhere to be found. And so after such a solid showing, maybe improving his draft stock and going on the bucks radar, he didn't do anything today.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, that's uh that's what we saw there. Um again, consistency is a big part of this. I'll continue to hammer that home. Adam Sly, thank you for your insight uh for everything that we saw today from the senior bowl practices. We're going to bring on bailey adams in just a moment but also want to remind everybody about all the other flavors that we have uh, over at celsius of course the arctic vibe peach vibe tropical vibes a great assortment of flavors that you cannot go wrong with anyone and because there's so many you might be like hey i want to try out a celsius i don't know exactly where to go to go get one that's totally fine Go to the store locator on the Celsius website, punch in your address, or you know, maybe you're staying somewhere else. Like We're in Mobile, Alabama right now. And uh, you put in your address where you are, where you can go to your local bodega, your convenience store, wherever else. Bodega! Bodega! You hit up that bodega and you say, all right, I got a Celsius. And then after a while, you're like, I love you, beautiful bodega. I love coming here, but I need more Celsius. I want to get it in bulk. That's when you start ordering the variety. Because there's so many awesome flavors and varieties of the spice of life, you go to Amazon, do the subscribe and save, have it sent to your house or apartment weekly, monthly, quarterly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius Energy Drinks, the official sponsor of the Peter Report Podcast. Hashtag Celsius Lift Fit. Hashtag Celsius Energy. You know all the hashtags. Keep sending us those pictures uh, on our social media. Bailey Adams is joining the show now. Bailey. Thanks for being on. Um, again, another entertaining day of practice. There were uh, a number of great performances that we still haven't gone to yet. I know Adam rattled off a couple, but is there anyone that he didn't mention that uh, was, you know, your go-to gone? Yeah, today? I think
4: someone that we've been impressed with over the first couple of days, and just diving some more into him is Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed. Yes, um, you know, out there making a lot of great catches and and some doing really good work in one-on-ones. Uh, and I know something that we have kind of seen when watching him, watching some highlights, watching some film. He's not the best blocker um, in, in the run game, but you know some one-on-one blocking drills today. I actually thought he showed out pretty well. I thought he had a pretty uh, a few pretty good reps there. Um, you know they started out with that with with some blocking, and I, I was came away impressed. And then wrote down his name again later on when they're doing one-on-ones in the passing game. Um, you know he he was he's shifty. You know he he's he's twitchy. He can he can move really really good. Uh, receiver out there, and another receiver, Trey Palmer from Nebraska, mm. had a really, really good move at one point. Made a, a long catch for a touchdown. I know. I think if it was, if I'm recalling correctly, Reed had one where um, he fought through some holding, fought through some, you know, some contact from the defender that wasn't called, and brought in a um, a, a really nice catch. Didn't quite get the feet in bounds. I think uh, the play would have been called. Uh, he would have been called for holding if it would have been a real game. So I think. Something there where I think it's just his speed. He he gets he gets by these guys and he make he forces defenders into those mistakes. So um, a lot a lot of lot to like about what he did. Uh, some of the linebackers from the national team um, that that I think really stood out. Dayan Henley was uh, from Washington State. Yes, he had, that was the big one yeah. that
0: uh, it, we were tweeting about him, and people seemed to be really hyped up about him. Sorry, I didn't mean to yeah. cut you off, but he got me excited. About right,
4: him. right. And Henley, Henley had a good day. I know he had a really, really nice pass uh, breakup and one on ones, and just overall was looking solid out there. Um, and, and almost every drill, every rep that he took. Um, and then one other guy from the national team um, that it was the linebacker, DeMar Demarvion Overshone from Texas. Um, he had some, some really good work in one-on-ones as well. And, um, you know, I think a couple of linebackers out there over the first couple of days have really stood out. Uh, so it's, yeah, the junior, there have been some linebackers out there uh, who are of interest, I think with the bucks, I think whether or not uh, Levante David comes back, you know, whether he comes back or not, I think there's certainly a market for uh, the bucks to add a linebacker through the draft, maybe in day two or three.
0: Yeah. There's a couple other linebackers. I think we're burying the league, uh, the lead. There were a couple other linebackers I wanted to get to. But, I mean, the guy that was probably the best linebacker on the field was uh, was Aubrey Miller Jr. Yeah. out of Max, uh, Jackson State. For the second day in a row, he caught everyone's attention. I mean, starting off, just walloping, walloping the running back in the blitz pickup drill. Like, one of those... I was watching something else and I heard the physical contact, and everyone. Your head snaps up. Yeah, like, er- everyone lost their minds as you're seeing the running back look like a tumbleweed. And, uh, you know, he made that big play. And then uh, McIntosh comes back after, you know, being in the Georgia running back. Yeah, comes back after, uh, you know, dealing with uh, some cramps yesterday, gets back into the swing of things. He's leaping on a play and <laughs> he hits him. The ball goes loose, and he forces a fumble on the big play. He was absolutely everywhere. Aubrey Miller is taking this senior ball by storm. I know we talked about him yesterday, but he just keeps making play after play after play. And we can't help but just just keep talking about him. And, again, the similarities to Devin White, whether it was wearing number 45, the cockiness, the swagger – there was a lot to like from him.
4: Yeah, fun guy. Fun guy to watch. Fun guy to root for. I know we were diving into him a little bit more last night, and he's got he's got a great attitude about him, um, and definitely someone to continue watching tomorrow and continue watching throughout the rest of the pre-draft process. Another guy that we talked about yesterday, another guy that we'll probably go on and on and on about, uh, was another guy who was in um, our first mock draft last week, uh, last weekend. And that's Ty J. Spears, the running back from Tulane. He yeah. had another great
0: day. I think maybe one of the stars of the week so far. Breakout speed, you know, one of those, if you give him the smallest of creases, he will take it and hit it for a home run. So that's a good observation there. He was absolutely crushing it. A couple other guys that I just wanted to mention real quick. Another linebacker out of Sacramento State, uh, Marte Mapu. He made such a great athletic play during 11 on 11s, where he had to jump as high as he possibly could but he got his hand on the ball and uh, got that PBU. There's another play later on where the offense broke it for a long run, but he stayed with it, sprinted all the way there, and then knocked the ball out late. Um, I just really appreciated the hustle that um, he had going uh, into this practice, and I thought really, really um, did well in that area. Then a couple of offensive linemen, um, Richard Goreage out of um, out of Florida, left tackle. I thought he did a great job of you know he wasn't winning every single matchup like clean and and pristine, but if he got off kilter a little bit, he was able to regroup really well, which was a good sign. And uh, another offensive lineman that I liked, uh, Tyler Steen out of Alabama. Another good day. Yeah. Um, what I really liked about him was he would line up at he would line up on both sides, line up in different positions. Uh, if Bucs fans remember, that was a big reason why the Bucs liked Robert Hainsey was because Hainsey played tackle in college and then was willing to play all along the offensive line at the senior ball. So any type of versatility that you can bring uh, to this type of thing in front of GM, scouts, coaches uh, and everyone of that nature, uh, it's, it's best to help you. And uh, the last guy I want to talk about as well um Derek Hall again from Auburn once again lightning quick a couple of pass rushes in in 11 on 11 where you know the quarterback would have been running for his life if, if physical contact was allowed in that in that uh practice because that guy you want to talk about fire the cannons he was getting shot out of a cannon in uh in in a lot of those matchups
4: yeah I've got a few more for you um yeah. you know you mentioned positional versatility and this isn't a guy who necessarily had a great day today i think he had some good reps and, and we talked a little about him yesterday thomas Enkum, uh, yes. central michigan edge rusher he's been playing inside uh the first two days of senior Bowl practice and i asked him about it after practice today and he said yeah he's just trying to show that he can do both you know he can play inside play outside definitely has the body to be uh a, be out, an outside guy he was not uh, tied for third in the nation with sat in sacks last year he had 11 and a half sacks in 12 games um probably i think a day three guy but someone who's Who's caught my eye uh, the last couple of days, and then two receivers who stood out today. I know we mentioned earlier, Puka Nakua didn't have um, the greatest day, and he didn't really follow up yesterday's day. Uh, someone who did follow up his great day yesterday was Tank Dell, the Houston yeah. wide receiver. I mean, he's he's small, he's definitely undersized, but man, he's quick and he is hard to cover. Uh, we've seen, you know, you probably if you if you've paid attention on Twitter to some of these clips that have come out of Senior Bowl practices, you've seen him burning guys and just making these moves. And you, you can just hear like, if you, if I think you said you might've heard a couple times and I definitely heard it myself watching him anytime he'd make a move, he'd lose a defender and you'd just hear kind of just an Ooh, yeah. from the crowd. Like <laughs> he's drawn a lot of those in the last couple of days. Uh, so a really impressive day today too. And then finally, the last one is Jonathan Mingo, the oldest wide receiver, um, Julius Brent's the K state corner had a really good day yesterday, but uh, Mingo got the best of him, uh, especially in a one-on-one rep early in the uh, American teams practice. He just, he beat him right off the line and then created some separation, made another really good move and cut out deep for a touchdown. And I believe it was Clayton Tune, the Houston quarterback who threw the touchdown. And yes, I mean, some, some receivers, some linebackers, a lot of guys out here catching the eye.
0: To bring it all home. Cause we started this with Tom Brady <laughs> and Kyle Trask and the bucks will probably, probably be looking for uh, another quarterback, whether it's in this draft or whether it's, um, you know, uh, through free agency and getting a veteran. If they decide to go through the draft, I'm not exactly sure it's going to be a quarterback that's playing in the senior bowl. Uh, it just hasn't totally been pretty when it comes to the quarterback play in these practices.
4: Yeah, it's been hard to watch at times, I'd say. That would <laughs> be too harsh. But, um, you know, I think some of these receivers, you've seen them. It, it's good that you can see their ability to to be the defender, and, and even if the ball's not always getting to them. because I think it was um, Tank Dell who did it. Today, who who had probably one of the plays of the day, uh, Trevor Sikkema from PFF, former, formerly a Purdue. of, Part of him. Yeah. yeah, he posted a clip of it. He said it might have been the play of the day, and it wasn't the play of the day just because the quarterback couldn't get Zell the ball. But you know, you, you can you can't really see a ton. I, I think uh, the Shepard quarterback, Tyson Badgett, I think throws a pretty good ball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's some things to like about each of these guys, but none of them really really stand
0: out to me. There were a couple of throws in warm up where there was no defenders. They they were just going up against air and air defeated the quarterbacks (laughs) in senior bowl in the senior bowl they were just like missing i don't want to say all over the place but there's no defender you should be able to at least get it on target and then you know if you stay in balance or anything whatever it is you got to get the job done but at least we know the quarterback search will continue on (laughs) for the rest of the offseason until the draft and uh, there's a lot of due diligence for the Bucks brass and uh, the Bucks front office that uh, we will all eagerly be waiting to know what the plan is for Tampa Bay when next season comes around. But of course, we're still going to have a ton of coverage in the off season uh, all year long, whether it's the draft free agency, OTAs and on and on and on Pewterreport.com and and Peter report podcast is the place to go. So Tom Brady's leaving, but we're not Todd. That <laughs> is great. Bailey. Tom Brady is leaving, but we are not. So make sure you follow us on all of our social media at Pewter Report. And like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. We had the emergency podcast a little bit earlier. Uh, we also put out a Senior Bowl day one highlight video of the top plays uh, from the first day of practice. So uh, a lot of great stuff to watch on our YouTube channel right now. Of course, we have that going all year long and all season long. This will be our last episode from Mobile, Alabama. We're going to practice tomorrow on Thursday and then driving back home to Tampa and Georgia for Josh. Uh, But we will have an episode on Friday at 4 o'clock. So reminder, no episode tomorrow, but there will be an episode on Friday to recap the Senior Bowl and everything else going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for the whole Pewter Report squad, We will see you on Friday for another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. Out.